I want to begin right off the bat saying I am not a Vladimir Putin apologist. I also want to say right off the bat, I am for the people of Ukraine. And I have given money. I have given money. And I will encourage you to give money as well to two groups that are helping in the situation in Ukraine, which is terrible, bringing aid to the people and also making sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ is spread to these people who right now seem to have no hope whatsoever. I am not a fan of the president of Ukraine. I believe Zelensky is a puppet. This is a man with no political experience at all, no business experience at all, prior to becoming president. He was an actor, a comedian, actor, singer, dancer. That's what he did. He was on a very popular television show. In fact, the television show that he was a feature character on prior to becoming president of, of Ukraine was a character who was running for president of Ukraine. Go figure. But again, I believe he's a puppet for the powers that be, the powers at the World Economic Forum, including people like George Soros. He's also a puppet of the government of the United States of America. Our State Department has been actively involved in Ukraine for a long time. One could make the argument we've been involved in Ukraine ever since the wall came down in 91. With our involvement, one would think that Ukraine's economy would be robust. Instead, it's in the dumper. It's one of the worst in Europe. One would think because the United States is involved in Ukraine, we would be bringing a certain sense of morality to Ukraine. For example, in the United States of America, we don't allow for abortion through six months. They do in Ukraine. Abortion on demand through six months and generally speaking beyond that. They seem in Ukraine to turn a blind eye to the child sex trafficking that's going on there. It's one of Eastern Europe's centers for child sex trafficking. The country's a mess. And with that in mind, my heart goes out to the people of Ukraine even more. They deserve much better than what they've been getting. Now, let me just make a point regarding Zelensky. I'm just asking questions here. I'm just asking questions as I did in my past pop, uh, my previous podcast. Why did Ukraine, well, let's begin with this. Why on Saturday and Sunday did Ukrainian President Zelensky invoke his emergency powers to suppress several opposition parties? We're going to talk about that. That would be like Joe Biden or a Donald Trump coming into office and saying, or coming before the cameras, I should say, and saying, we're going to ban, well, if it was Trump, we're going to ban the Democrat Party. If it were Biden, we're going to ban the, the, the Republican Party. You can't do that. In a free society with free elections, in a true democracy, you can't do that. A democracy is one in a plurality. The people have a voice. The people get to state what's on their mind. The people get to vote any way they damn well please, whether you like it or not. That's a democracy. Zelensky invoked emergency powers to suppress several opposition parties. The ban included 
one called Opposition Platform for Life. The party is Opposition Platform for Life. In Ukraine's national parliament, it's the largest opposition party. It has 43 seats. Now, whether you agree with this party or not, they are the largest opposition party to Zelensky. They've been banned. Now, they are a pro-Russian party. In other words, these are people, generally speaking, from parts of Ukraine that have a Russian heritage. They speak the Russian language. They are a pro-Russia party. Even though the leader of that party has demanded Russia stop the aggression against Ukraine. So it's not like this is a pro-Putin party. This is a pro, best I can tell, pro-Russia party. Are there communists within their rank? I think there are. Are there people who probably actually love Putin? There probably are. But nonetheless, this is a political party that has been banned. You know, in the Democrat Party here in the United States of America, we have people who think Vladimir Lenin was a superstar. Should we ban their voices? No. We have people in the Democrat Party here who are actually full-blown communists. Should we ban their voices? No. I say we kick their butts out of office, but we don't ban their voices. This is what's happening in Ukraine. There's also an information policy that's gone forward where all of the national TV channels have been combined into a new channel called United News. So essentially, the Ukrainian government is banning the voices of certain television news operations in Ukraine and gathering all, the, all of them together in one bundle in order to better control their content. So let's dive into this for just a moment because this is super important to talk about. You know, it's interesting, in the United States of America, freedom of the press is first and foremost. It's our First Amendment. The, the founders regarded a free press as so vital to the new nation that they took care to include that in the First Amendment to the Constitution. They talked about the press as a pillar of democracy and a guarantor of liberty. Thomas Jefferson wrote in 1787 that, quote, were it left to me to decide whether we should have a government without newspapers or newspapers without a government, I would not hesitate a moment to prefer the latter. In other words, newspapers without a government. That's how important freedom of the press is. George Washington framed the issue of free expression in almost apocalyptic terms. He said, if freedom of the speech is taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter, like sheep to the slaughter. Yes, listen, I know there is fake news out there. I know it. I know people write stupid things. They also have opinions that I vehemently disagree with, but that should all be allowed. And therefore, it's up to, it's just like, just like the Bible says. We've been talking about Mark chapter 13, where Jesus is talking about the last days. That's been a common theme that's been popping up in these podcasts. And Jesus says, as I mentioned in the last podcast, Jesus says, be alert. 
Keep your head on the shoulders. Be aware. Be informed. Dig, dig into the news for yourself, friends. Do your own research. Don't think, I should say, don't believe what you're taught to believe. Think for yourself. Think for yourself. So again, Zelensky's government suspends 11 political parties for their alleged links with Russia, the largest being the opposition platform for life. Now, it's true that these parties are perceived as pro-Russian by many in Ukraine. But it's important to understand what pro-Russian means in that country today. What's going on in Ukraine is very, very complex. There was a huge revolution in 2014, the Maiden Revolution. Before 2014, there was a large camp in Ukrainian politics calling for a closer integration with Russia-led international institutions rather than those in the Euro-Atlantic sphere. After this maiden revolution, the pro-Russian camp was marginalized in Ukrainian politics. And at the same time, the pro-Russian label became very inflated. So pro-Russian, it was, it was used as a pejorative. Anyone, it would describe anyone calling for Ukraine's neutrality. It was used to discredit. It was used to silence opposition. So again, you have to understand the nitty-gritty of what's going on in Ukraine. But the parties and politicians who have been branded as pro-Russian in Ukraine have very different relations with Russia. Most pro-Russian parties in Ukraine, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, are first and foremost pro-themselves. They're, they're, they're pro-Ukrainian in the sense that they're Ukrainian citizens, but they're pro-Russian from everything I understand in terms of their culture. They are trying to capitalize on the real grievances of a sizable minority of Russian-speaking Ukrainian citizens concentrated in the Southeast regions. These parties do command significant public support. For example, three of the recently suspended parties participated in the parliamentary elections of 2019. And combined, they received almost 3 million votes. So the parties that have been banned by Zelensky have almost 20% of the vote altogether in Ukraine. That's sizable. And just to ban them like that? Ukraine has already suspended back in 2015 all of the country's communist parties. Some might say, well, good for them. But again, this is not the way to run a democracy. All this signals that Ukrainian government, the Ukrainian government's decision to suspend opposition parties has to do with Zelensky's attempts to consolidate political power that, that began long before this Russian invasion. So Zelensky, Putin, really bad. Putin, former KGB. Putin, communist. I get it. But Zelensky right now is running Ukraine like a dictator. And the decision to suspend the parties is following a pattern. Because since last year, the government has imposed sanctions on opposition media, silencing voices that are opposed to the Zelensky administration. 
This is being done on a regular basis without providing any convincing evidence of wrongdoing to the public. Say the wrong things, print the wrong story, give the wrong story in the news, you're gone. There is no reason in my particular, from my particular viewpoint to expect these suspensions of the parties or the media to be lifted once this war is over. The Ministry of Justice, in fact, will likely take legal action, start banning these parties permanently. Some of these reporters will never work again. And then after the suspension of these parties, you, can, you, can, you have to believe, you have to believe that some of these people are going to be more inclined to collaborate, to actually collaborate with the Russians in these occupied areas. They'll be so ticked off, so disheartened, so angry, so unforgiving, that they will now align themselves even politically with Russia. Indeed, if they become convinced they have no political future in Ukraine, might even face persecution, they may start looking towards Mother Russia. And this could fuel even further violence. And this could also fuel the masses in Ukraine searching for traitors to persecute. I don't see this getting better. I only see this personally as getting worse. And that's why we need to pray. There are lots of innocent people in the crosshairs right now. now even if you don't agree with what I just had to say over these last bunch of minutes, a lot of innocent people have lost everything during this. And those are the people that we need to pray for. Those are the people we need to reach out to. Those are the people we need to meet their needs. Now, there are two organizations that I have been uh, supporting and I hope you will take a look at these as well. Uh, the first is globalaction.com, globalaction.com. This is a very reputable organization. They have extremely low overhead, and they're meeting the needs of these stories coming out of Ukraine because they're heartbreaking. Global Action is a Christian organization. It represents the Church of, the, of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about Latter-day Saints, but the Church of Jesus Christ. They equip leaders within their countries all over the world. And when tragedy comes, their leaders are already there. So they have people that they've been training for such a time in this in Ukraine. And those people are on the ground. They're turning church buildings into shelters for people who are trying to move from war zones to places of safety. They're coordinating whenever possible with city officials to provide food, water, emergency aid. People are staying in bomb shelters. Ukrainian pastors are coordinating transport for orphans and children at risks in these various war zones. And they're also doing a great job of prioritizing assistance. They're going for infants and children and the elderly first. They're also doing things like pastoral care and grief counseling. And, and, and they're able to open the door to faith for many people who have never experienced the freedom that Jesus can bring into their lives. So that's one organization, globalaction.com. The other is Samaritan's Purse. They do a similar type of work all over the country. It's uh, the Reverend Billy Graham's son, Franklin, who runs this organization, and they are just top-notch. Samaritan's Purse 
is another organization I, 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 will ho- I hope you will go and check out for yourself. Thank you for taking the time to join me in this Brian Sussman Show podcast, Faith, Family, Freedom. Appreciate you, my friends. God bless you. God bless the people of Ukraine.